Well, if you're into the old outer space, out of this world kind of stuff, this is for you. Uh, This headline caught my eye because it was like, what? I mean, my first question was, oh, my God, what could go wrong? But a Tennessee uh, physicist is about to, I think, open our world or could be about to open our world to a parallel universe. And for a gal who barely passed science, I had to read this thing a few times. But at the root of it is Dr. Leah Broussard. She wants to create a mirror verse. So what's that? Well, scientists believe there could be a parallel universe just like there, you know, just like ours. And this scientist is now doing a summer full of experiments to connect this to see, you know, is there another universe? And if it is, does it mirror our own? Or maybe it's even better. But why would we care? Well, because like Isaac Newton, when the apple hits your head, it means you've discovered something big. So I think maybe she's looking for the apple to hit her on the head. Dr. Leah Broussard is with Oak Ridge National Laboratory in Tennessee. She is the physicist behind this project. And you you yourself say it's pretty wacky. And I'm just, I'm trying to understand what it is you're doing. Can you explain in a, in a science for dummies kind of way what this is? Absolutely. Um, and in fact, I think my explanation might seem a little more familiar to, to what you might be expecting. Um, so the question that we're actually trying to tackle is the question of what is the nature of dark matter? So we've been puzzling for decades over, you know, what 85% of the universe uh, is matter, what 85% of the matter in the universe is made up of, and we have, you know, very strong evidence based on gravitational observations. But despite searching for decades for what particle might make it up, we still don't have conclusive evidence. So the type of the candidate that I'm interested in in my experiment is uh, called mirror matter, and some people call it the mirror universe because mm-hmm. it's, it's a very rich type of dark matter. And in fact, dark matter could be rich. It could be as rich as our own visible matter. So let me stop um, you there, because what does that mean to the average person who, like me, didn't take science? I mean, when you're looking at it, are you talking about a universe that could be just like ours? So this is a set of particles and forces that live in our universe and interacts with us with our gravity. But the two sectors don't interact with each other, except possibly very weakly. Gotcha. So it could be a copy of the same particles and and forces in our own sector, the, the same particles that we're familiar with. And so the implications are very interesting. Um, we could have neutral particles uh, oscillate or transform from our ordinary state to this mirror state. Okay. And so I kind of I kind of liken it to, you know, it's one of these moments where it's almost like being hit in the head by an apple and all of a sudden you're discovering something new. It could either be really big or it could be either nothing. What, what, what do you feel this will bring to us? I mean, you're going to be experimenting over the summer. And as I mm-hmm. understand it, you built your, your experimental devices with a bunch of uh, kind of spare parts. But you, you <laughs> built this 50-foot tunnel to conduct these experiments. How does it work? Actually, you know, all, all of the facilities and resources that we're using already existed. Um, the, so the, the tunnel, as you call it, this, this is just an, a neutron beam guide which already exists. The magnets already exist. The, the, the components that we use to build the wall already exist. Um, sorry, I, I, and I've already missed the question. What, can you say it again? <laughs> well, you've probably, probably gone into experimental mode again. But yes, you, I, I do that. <laughs> you're going to be doing these experiments, and you've got this 50-foot tunnel. You're going to conduct it. What is the idea? What do you want to achieve over the summer? And, and how okay. quick do you get the results? 
So the experiment that we want to try is is very simple in 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 theory. Um, what we want <laughs> to do <laughs> is <laughs> uh, we want to allow the neutron. So we create a beam of neutrons, just mm-hmm. like a beam of light, right. and we want to shine it against the wall. But before the neutrons hit the wall, we want to use magnetic fields to try to uh, induce or change the probability that a neutron might transform into its its twin, its its dark matter uh, state, and then only these dark mat- these neutrons which are in this dark matter state would not interact with this wall that we put in front of it. So the neutrons would be blocked by the wall. The dark matter version of the neutrons, these mirror neutrons, would, would just pass through. And then we do the inverse process on the other side. We try to induce the neutrons to turn back into regular neutrons, and we see if we've detected any. So if we see any neutrons on the other side of the wall, that could be a signal that we have seen something really exotic. Of course, there are plenty of mundane (laughs) possibilities, and in fact, some of the neutrons, about, we hope, less than 1 in 10 to the 12, will just pass through the wall because they just didn't interact with it. There you go. Well, look, I would never think of doing something like this. It wouldn't even cross my mind, but clearly you've got the brain wired to to kind of look into these worlds, and I know that there have been an awful lot of, and I don't know if there's a new interest in black hole studies, but I know that Canadians have been, uh, certainly scientists here have been uh, looking into a lot of uh, black holes and advancing research there, but what does this bring to our everyday life? Like, how would this change our everyday life if you, in fact, are successful with this? So, so first, I must say, I'm very flattered by your characterization of me, but in fact, a lot of scientists have built up these concepts over time, and I've been working with them and building up these ideas into one we could actually perform. Um, but in our everyday life, I, that's, well, that's actually hard to speculate. I mean, we're, we're proposing that we might discover a completely new type of particle and a new way for visible matter and dark matter to interact. And what does that, well, like, when you discover that, what does it mean? Like, a new world, we can go, I mean, we can't even get to Mars, but, like, are we trying to open up a new universe to look into that? Like, wh- No, no, this, yeah. this isn't a portal in the science fiction sense. This is just, we have the matter all around us, if it exists, can we can we see it and interact with it? And I mean, this this could be this could have if whoever discovers dark matter, what and what its particle nature is, this would have tremendous implications because we don't even know what it is. How can, just imagine what we could do with with you know a new kind of particle and a new kind of interaction? It's what, what you know, could you do? I mean, what are the possibilities? I mean, just name a couple that people might get excited by. Oh, I, I, I would, I would hesitate to speculate. <laughs> <Okay. It's laughs> but you yourself admit, I can imagine you know, the headlines. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you yourself admit that these ideas have pushed you, you know, to to the edge of your comfort zone. What does that mean? Well, it's this is a little outside the the type of experiment that I I, I usually perform, where I I normally perform experiments with particles that I know exist, <laughs> and here I'm I'm really speculating. Um, could there could there be a possible twin state? In fact, right. I, I expect to measure no, that there is no difference, and and we're just putting a, an exclusion limit on an exotic theory. Um, but but you have to imagine, and and it's it's clearly caught my attention enough to to be willing to perform the experiment, and it's it's really fun actually. Well, yeah, because you understand it. Me, I just look at it cluelessly and say, <laughs> "Wow, you are really smart, and whatever you're doing, I know is going to be big for us, and we're going to take advantage of it." Because uh, clearly, these experiments and and the research is done to better us as a society here, and. and 
you know, by, you know, by discovering things, you have to try things and who knows where this will lead, but it's, it's got to be pretty exciting for you. Very exciting. I mean, you know, I, I I really enjoy my work. The one of the most fun things about what I do when you know planning these precision measurements with neutrons or, or searching for these rare processes is is it's really fun to think of what could go wrong. You know, how do we plan for for you know? It's not just the possibility that Monday, that that. Uh, neutrons can turn into mirror neutrons. There are a lot of different, you know, time-dependent, magnetic field-dependent effects that could make it look like we're seeing neutrons on the other side of the wall. And it's fun to think about these possibilities and and how um, how we could design experiments to rule them out. And it's really exciting what we could do with the neutron. I mean, it answers a lot of questions, not just, you know, dark, dark matter is, is, is one of the most fascinating, but also why are we made of matter and not antimatter? In fact, the shape of the neutron, what we call the electric dipole moment, can tell us, doing a precise measurement of that property, could tell us why we're all made of matter and not antimatter. And studying the decay of the neutron, this can help us. This is one of the best ways to understand the weak force between quarks, in fact. So it's, it's a really rich particle, and there's a lot of fun stuff you can do with it. I bet there is, but my, my question always goes back to what could go wrong? Are you, are you going to invite <laughs> oh, no. alien life into our world, Miss uh, <laughs> Dr. Broussard? <laughs> uh, I think that is well outside the scope of our research. Uh, don't expect us to bring in any demigorgons. No, I, whatever <laughs> those are, probably. I don't want them. But uh, just before we let you go, so what, what's your schedule look like for summer? Is this just you're, you're, you're in your research, you're doing the experiments, and when do you expect to have some results? So we've, we've already performed just a, a few preliminary measurements to make sure that we're sensitive, sensitive enough to um, be able to see this kind of rare event. And we have a few more planned. Um, and then by the end of the summer, we expect, you know, as long as there's no schedule changes, which we can't control, we expect that we'll be able to perform the actual experiment. And, you know, it'll take some time to, to understand the results. we think that we have everything under control. We've brainstormed a list of all the mundane explanations and how to eliminate those as possibilities. But if we see an anomaly, our first step is, okay, what else could it be? And then I'll call you for an update. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, I wish you the best with your, um, your research. We'll look forward to seeing and following the journey, and uh, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. Dr. Broussard, thank you so much for joining us. Bye-bye, Alex. I can't wait till I understand what she was talking about. <laughs>